in the house of God. We're glad to be here. My wife and I, we were in, um, in Frankfurt with uh, our spiritual parents, and they, they were in a faith rally this week and had a special blessing. They were uh, blessed. The Lord fulfilled a 31-year-old prophecy to them. See, um, it doesn't matter how long you've been believing God. It doesn't matter how long ago the Lord spoke to you. If you will just keep believing, just don't stop believing, uh, God will bring his word to pass. 31 years ago, the Lord had spoken to Apostle Durbin. At that time, just, he was just Brother Durbin. He was just barely born again. That one day he would meet uh, this guy who was on television, uh, Brother Robert Tilton. And uh, that's how they both got born again. Mama Berta got born again watching his broadcast. Uh, three days later, Dad got born again watching his broadcast, and uh, they, that, that was their church. They sat down every day and uh, went through the Word with him. He had a one-hour broadcast. Amen? Amen? And so as they went through that, uh, the Lord spoke to, to Dad one, one day and said, one day you're going to meet him and preach with him. And, you know, year one went by and year two went by and 10 and 15 and 25 and 31 years later here comes a phone call while he's sitting there in a restaurant in Frankfurt there and gets a call who's on the other line it's Robert Tilton see you don't know you're going to be sitting in you know in the line at Publix See, you don't have to make it happen. He could have gone out there and tried to make it happen. But he would have violated God's process. You just let it happen. You just stay in faith. And 31 years later, God uh, blessed him to meet him. And uh, they had planned on, you know, talked about, hey, come to Frankfurt and preach. And they were thinking about maybe next year sometime when phase two is finished, which is going on great. Uh, but Lord made arrangements to come this year. This year. And that was this past fact. This last day is there today. And uh, my wife and I were definitely uh, grateful to, to meet him and spend time with him and to hear him. You know, uh, just to be candid, anybody who's, you know, my age, you know, maybe a little older, you probably, you know, you've heard of Robert Tilton. And if you ever used to watch Christian television or just, you know, TV evangelists, you know, you heard all kind of uh, bad stuff, uh, which was no, none of it was true. You know, we have to understand the blessing comes with persecution. And so he faced persecution like we, we I don't know anybody, any person today who's faced kind of persecution he faced. This is a guy who was doing, listen to this. He was on television 285 hours a day. Did you hear what I said? 285 hours a day. Major networks, not Christian. This is not TBN and all that stuff. Major secular networks. You understand 285 hours a day? It's a lot of broadcasting. All his broadcasts are one hour. And blessing many people, people getting healed left and right and so on and so forth. And the devil couldn't take it. 
So he sent something, something to buffet him. Thorn in his flesh. And I, I want to continue to be candid, if, if I can, before, before my clock starts. Is the body of Christ didn't handle it well. And the body of Christ turned on him people that he had given platforms and stages to. Every, all, of, all of our people that we talk about that we like today came through his platform. They were on his stage. But when he went through his persecution, remember Paul talked about everybody abandoned me? Y'all got to, somebody got a tour. They got to take that tour. To, yeah, stop that. Um, uh, the, I lost my train of thought. The body of Christ. Paul, Paul said, Everybody forsook him. Well, didn't think Paul had done wrong, but the people forsook him, and that's what happened in the body of Christ. And we got to be careful that we don't, when somebody is under persecution, we don't forsake them. We're supposed to rally around them. We're not the ones who put our mouths on them and, you know, shoot them. And, uh, but God is restoring him and uh, he's the, his grade is going to be better. His ladder is going to be greater than his former. Amen. And so y'all be on the lookout for uh, Dr., uh, not Dr., Brother Robert Tilton, what God will do in his ministry and his life in these coming years. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Y'all ready for the word? Well, what I, was, what I, was, I said all that to say, we rushed back to get here. <laughs> so we, we wanted to be here with you all. And uh, they, dad tried to convince us that he was, going, he was trying to bribe us to stay. Man, I'll pay for your hotel room and pay for all, change, fly, pay for everything. It ain't about the money, sir. <laughs> I got the money. It's just I wanted to get back to, I don't like not being here on Sundays. I like, I like to be with you. Amen. It's like family dinner. Amen. So uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, open your Bibles to 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter, chapter 5. 1 Peter 5 and uh, verse 8 and 9. Are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, if you have it, you can join us on your feet if you can. If not, join us on your bottom. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Do you have it? Okay, let's read that together. Ready, read. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. You have an adversary, the devil. The Bible says resist him, steadfast in the faith. Today I want to talk on the subject resistant faith resistant faith we've been talking about persistent faith today I want to talk about resistant faith resistant faith let's declare the Lord's blessing uh, what we wanted God to do over this uh, message today let's do let's go I will come to visions and revelations of who you are pour your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me make me to understand the way of your precepts so shall I talk of your wondrous works Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of. In Jesus' name, take your seats.
You know, we can never talk or learn too much about faith, right? If faith is, is really the most important subject uh, to the believer, it's more important for you to learn faith than anything. If you're a born-again believer, the first thing you ought to start learning about is faith. Well, some may say, well, I need to learn about righteousness. Yes, but righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. So you need to learn about faith. In fact, you got born again through faith. Right? We are saved by grace through faith. Okay? But then, after you're born again, you have to know how to live. Right? A child gets born into the, on this planet. They're born and... Uh, they're born to a mother. They were born through their mother. But ideally, that baby has to attach to its mother to live. You understand? He was born from his mother. She was born from her mother, the child. But to live, they must reattach as quickly as possible to be sustained by the mother. Got it? So you get born again through faith, but then four times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, over verse 4, I think it is. Romans 1, 17. Uh, Galatians 3, 11, And then Hebrews 10, 38. Four times. The just shall live by faith. So faith must be very important. It must be very important. Okay? So please understand if we're teaching about faith, it's not because we can't find anything else to talk about. It's because it's the most important subject matter to our lives. Amen? What happens if you take a fish out of water? It dies. So to take a believer out of faith, right? The just live by faith. Okay? Now, uh, there's a, something I noted. Uh, we were uh, Dr. Uh, Bro Brother Robert Tilts was teaching Friday night, and there's a statement he made. I wanted to share that with you. He said, "Your faith brings heaven's reality." You ought to write that down. My faith brings heaven's reality. How many of y'all know about heaven? All right, that's just three of y'all. Okay, how many of y'all know about heaven's reality? All right, heaven. Heaven is splendid. We, we've been, if you've been in church any amount of time, you've been singing about heaven. At every funeral, you know, uh, the wicked going to cease from trouble and the weary will be at rest and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, will always be sunshine and never, never nighttime and uh, no more crying and no more dying and all that kind of stuff. Streets of gold and put on new robe and a mansion and all that kind of good. That's good, right? But didn't the Bible say that you and I are supposed to be enjoying days of heaven on earth? Jesus told us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, the very life or the reality of heaven is supposed to be experienced in our lives every day. Did y'all catch that? So faith brings heaven's reality. My faith, that's the only way to get there. Got it? So I, I, can't, I can't go to heaven. Not now. You know, generally if you go to heaven, you're not coming back. So, but to get heaven on the earth, I got to get it by faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God, right? If you go to various, various nations, they, they all have various currencies, 
right? It used to be you can go anywhere in the world and spend U.S. dollars, but it's not that case anymore because the U.S. dollar has been diminished, it's been devalued. So there's some places you go, they don't want your U.S. dollars. Keep that old raggedy mess. Right? So you got to know what currency to use uh, in the environment that you're in. So if you're trying to get heaven's reality, you must use faith. It's not your religion. And the church has made the, made the mistake of thinking that we can do religious works and get heaven's reality. It doesn't work that way. You can't earn anything from God. Am I in the right house? You can't earn anything from God. Your salvation is a free gift. It's the gift of salvation. Then he gives us the gift of righteousness. Then he gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then he gives us gifts of the Spirit. Then he gives us uh, 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 ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors. You understand? It's all a gift. It's all a gift kingdom. If God did not spare his own son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Everything in the kingdom of God is a gift. You don't have to earn a thing in the kingdom. Just like my children don't have to earn anything. I mean, what do it look like if you take a little baby, a newborn baby, and the baby got to earn the milk? You'll be an evil woman ought to be put under the jail. You got to earn that diaper, baby. You got to earn your keep, baby. Charge your baby rent. Right? Wouldn't that be ludicrous? Okay, so in the kingdom of God, with our Father, we don't have to earn anything. You can't earn it. It's all a gift kingdom. But the gifts are all accessed by faith. So please indulge me one more Sunday if I'm teaching on faith. I'm tired of talking about faith. Well, you're going to die. Another faith message, preacher? Yep. It's how you live. It's how things come. First of all, without faith, it's impossible to please God in Hebrews 11, verse 6. So you can't even please God with, with your religious self without faith. Religion doesn't please God. Faith pleases God. You got it? Religion annoys God. God sent Jesus Christ to destroy religion. So Christianity is not supposed to be about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about living in it. Oh, Jesus. And accessing a kingdom. Man, man, man. Y'all know, know about this one uh, prince over there in, in uh, England just got put out? Oh, Andrew. Prince Andrew. This is current news here for anybody watching five years from now. Current news uh, over in uh, Prince Charles's younger brother, Queen Elizabeth's baby boy. He's, he's just been, you know, put out. He's lost all his royal everything. They're like, how are he going to eat? See, if, but, if, but if you stay in there, you, you just live right and, and operate by the kingdom principles, you can enjoy all the splendor of the kingdom, no charge. It's faith, you got it? All right, so uh, I'm going to give you a scripture here. Some of you may not know this. In John 10, 10, Amplified. John 10, 10, Amplified. <clears throat> because the, the life God had for us in heaven, has for us in heaven, he gave it to Adam and Eve in the garden. So they were living heaven's reality on earth in the garden until sin came in. When sin came in, along with sin came the curse. 
Because of the curse, now there's sickness, now there's disease, now there's lack, now there's poverty, now there's struggle. You got to struggle to make a living now. That's what Adam had to do. By the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat. But Jesus, the last Adam, came to re reverse all that and restore us back to, to the way it was before Adam's sin. All right? No sickness, no disease, no lack, no poverty, no curse. He redeemed us from the curse. So the blessing of Abraham will come upon us, right? Okay? So in John 10, 10, amplified, Jesus said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, that you, tell your neighbor you, may have and enjoy life. How many of y'all want to have and enjoy life? Now, I know y'all know the scripture, but just indulge me, please. May have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Never running out. Always running over. That means financially, never running out. Always running over. That means in your emotions, never running out. Always running over. You understand? Not, not, always, not, not, not short with people. If you short with somebody, it's because you're running out. You don't have any emotional margin. Impatient, not gentle, speaking hard. You're running out. You don't, you're, not, you're not walking in this overflowing life here. Got it? Now, let's go to Romans 14, 17. We've been looking at this here, Romans 14, 17. Hallelujah. It says here, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That's not what it's all about. You get to, you get to eat and drink, but it's not about, if you read that in context, it's not about those rules eating and drinking rules, okay? You can't eat pork and you can't eat shrimp and you can't eat, you know, bread, I mean cheese and burger. See, all that stuff would have been unlawful. Under the law, you, couldn't eat, you could never eat a cheeseburger. A cheeseburger would have been unlawful. Thank God we're not under the law. Thank God we're not under the law because... I, I had me a good cheeseburger that I hadn't had a cheeseburger in a long time. But I was on, I was out of town. You know you out of town, you kind of, you know, you kind of let your hair down a little bit. I had me a cheeseburger the other day. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll start back tomorrow. Today. Today, I'm back in town. No, I'm, I'm back in town now. Praise God. So it's not eating and drinking, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, King James, right? Now, see, we've been on this for the last couple weeks here. Righteousness, right standing with God. Oh, you're, you, you, man, your righteousness is so beautiful. If you understand righteousness, Pastor Kim was dealing with this earlier. You and I can be in God's presence, freely in his presence. We don't have to be intimidated. We can come boldly before his throne. We don't have to try to sneak into God. Oh, God. No, righteousness lets me just come before God in a time. Father, how you doing? Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. How you doing? How's everything going in the kingdom today? What can I do for you today? Righteousness lets you, oh, Lord, I messed up, but I'm coming back to you. I'm confessing my sin to you. You are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It didn't say I was made unrighteous. It said, cleanse me from unrighteousness. It got on me. It's just, it's just like if you, you go out there and, and play in the mud. It doesn't make you mud. You're not mud because you play in mud. You just got to go get the mud off you. 
So I'm not a, because I'm born again, I'm not a sinner because I messed up in sin. I've got to confess my sin to him. Put 1 John 1 and 9 on the screen. This, this is not in my notes. I just better deal with this. 1 John 1 9. Glory to God. Glory to God. 1 John 1 9. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, computer. It is where, where it is. Where is it? I don't see it. It said there it is. 1 John. Glory to God. Well, we know it, right? If we confess our sins to him, I, just, I want people to see it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, perfectly within his rights to forgive us, forgive me, say everybody say, forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Go to chapter 2, verse 1. Go to chapter 2, verse 1. I want to help you with this. Glory to God. 1 John 2, verse 1. Man. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. So I don't want you to sin. And if anyone, if anyone sins, if anyone sins, he's talking, this is for believers. Tell your neighbor, this is for you. Just in case. Come on, here's about on the other side. This is, this is for you, just in case. Now, he's not telling you to do it. He don't want you to sin, but just in case. Anybody glad for the just in cases? Praise the Lord. All right. He says, so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So righteousness is nothing, nothing to, 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 to balk at. It's just praise God. I praise God for righteousness. So uh, Romans 14, 17. I got to get back on task. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. That peace is perfect. Listen to this. It's peace. It's perfect life. It's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. It's perfect life. That word peace in the Greek is the word irene, E-I-R-E-N-E, like Irene. Y'all know the Irenes? Irene is, is properly pronounced. But it means safety, security, felicity, prosperity. Now that's important to what I want to talk to you today about. It's important. Uh, safety, security, felicity, which means happiness and prosperity. It's, it's the perfect life. I can tell by the look in y'all face like, I want that, but I don't know what that looked like. Well, you're going to know. I said, you're going to know what that looks like. You're going to know what it looks like, what it feels like to live and enjoy the perfect life. It's the very life he said, I came that you might have this life. Jesus. If he came that we might have it, why don't we go ahead and have it? Hey, let's go and have it, man. Let's go and have it. He came for me to have it. Glory to God. I might as well have it. Righteousness and peace, perfect life and joy, ha, 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 in the Holy Ghost. I lay down, ha, ha, ha. I wake up, ha, ha, ha. Go to work. Children cutting up. Spouse acting a fool. Ha 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 Y'all gotta really stretch it out on that one right there, right? Joy in the Holy Ghost. 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 So if you want to live in joy, you gotta walk in the Holy Ghost. Walk in the Spirit. 
Live by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit because that's where your joy is. Joy, your joy is over in the Holy Ghost, not in the world. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But if you want joy, it's over in the Holy Ghost. So get over, first of all, get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then live in the Holy Ghost. Walk in the Holy Ghost. Be led by the Holy Ghost. That's where your joy is. Tell your neighbor, that's where your joy is, right there. Ain't no joy in the bar. Ain't no joy in the joke joint. Ain't no joy in the club. People go to, go to the club trying to find joy, and they get, they get a little bit of happiness, little little joy juice. But in the morning, all that joy gone. Where's my money? All right, let's keep going here. So to manifest heaven's reality in my life, I need persistent faith. Remember we were teaching on persistent faith? To manifest heaven's reality in my life, I need persistent faith. Why? Because we have a persistent enemy, a persistent adversary. You got it? I'm contending with a persistent devil. All right? Remember John 10, 10? The thief comes only to steal, kill, or destroy. Now, the thief comes. That word, he didn't say the thief came. Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. I, I never saw that. The thief uh, does not come. That... that to, that does not. Can you give me the, the uh, amplifier back on that, please? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. The thief comes. I want you to see the amplifier gives us the perfect Greek tense. The perfect Greek verb tense. Comes. Any, any English speaking people in here? It's continual. The thief comes. Jesus said, I came. Bam! The thief comes. You make it through one storm, he comes. Overcome one trial, boom, he comes. Get victory in one area, boom, he comes. Just when you thought you could breathe, boom, he comes. But it doesn't matter that he comes. Jesus said, I came. Shout about that for a second right there, boy. Woo-wee! I ain't seen that all my years. That's from the Holy Ghost right there. Say, that's from the Holy Ghost right there. He gonna keep coming. He's persistent. Jesus came once and for all. Settled it. It done. John 19, 30, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Uh, put on the screen, John 19, 30. I want, I want to see if it, if, I'm, just, I'm just jumping out there. It is finished, exclamation point, which is like a period. That means that's done. And bowing his head, gave him the spirit. That means that was it. That's the last thing he said. It's finished. Uh, praise God. I don't want to lose my time. John 16.33. John 16.33. <laughs> ha, 
These things are spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have. That doesn't sound like present, continual. You will have. But be of good cheer, I have. Jesus didn't say, I, I will have to overcome. Jesus didn't say, I have, to, I have to keep on overcoming. He said, I have overcome. Done. Bam. Now, in the world, you will have. It's going to keep on coming. But don't, don't look at what keeps on coming. Look at what I already did. Your victory is already settled. Your victory is already done. It is finished. You got it? Now, I got, so, so there's a life, Sister Annie, happy anniversary to y'all. 30 years, happy anniversary. 30 years? 30 exactly? Man. Wow. I'm going to catch you in a, in a few years. Keep it moving. All right, so everybody say, I have a persistent devil. But I have persistent faith. faith. Now, so your faith is important. Put up 1 Timothy, please, 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, remember, Jesus said, I can that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, y'all remember it over here? He said, I can that you might, thank you, Tony. I can that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Right? Now, he says, the word says here in 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Right? So he, what he came to give you, he says, you have to fight the good fight of faith to lay hold of it here. This is Paul talking. You gotta, there's, a, there's a faith fight. Not fight devil. Fight the good fight of faith. Your faith will handle the devil. I'm going to teach that probably next month here. Your faith is a servant. So, so <laughs> fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. So notice the word uh, is twice in there, fight. Fight verb, the good fight noun. So fight the fight. Tell them you got to fight the fight. Tell them you can't punk out. You got to fight the fight. And it's a fight of faith. You got it? Y'all learn anything so far? All right, now. The thing about it is, is the devil has been very tricky. He's very cunning. So what he's gotten the church to do all throughout the world 95% of the people in church right now, this morning, they're probably already out going home. (laughs) Poor folks is already getting their first wave. (laughs) Is the devil's convinced them to fight faith. Not to fight with faith, but to fight against faith. So they, they fight the faith message. They fight the faith movement. They fight faith preachers. That's what happened to Brother Tilton. People, they fight faith preaching. They fight the faith message. They fight the faith church. They fight against faith rather than fighting with faith. And the devil has done that strategically because he knows that if you fight against faith, 
you can't fight against him. In other words, if you resist faith, you can't resist him. So here you are, born again, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, going to church three times a week, giving your tithes and offerings, serving on the Ursher board, number three. And life looks just like the world's. Same issues, same problems, same struggles, same failures. Why? Because what he's convinced the, the church to do is fight faith. Resist faith. If you resist faith, you can't resist Satan. James 4, verse 7. Yes. James 4, verse 7. Now watch this. Watch this um, command we have. Not just a suggestion. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Therefore, submit to God. How many of y'all can do that? Okay, now every person in church will say the same thing. Every Baptist church, every Presbyterian church, every Pentecostal church, every charismatic church, every Catholic church, every, it doesn't matter. Just as soon as you get born again, oh, I'm submitted to God. Now, most people really aren't, truthfully. But in, at least to a degree, to a degree, people are submitted to God. But they're not resisting the devil. I don't want you to be just submitted to God. I want you to be submitted to God and resisting the devil. Because it didn't say submit, submit yourself to God and the devil will flee from you. Oh, y'all missed that. Because most, most of the church has its mind, well, Lord, I just serve God. He's going to take care of the devil for me. That's not what he said. I'll come on this side. I'll just serve God and sing Zion songs. God going to fight all my battles for me. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. That's, that's good gospel songs, but it's not accurate. See, okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Okay, Old Testament, be still and know God, that, that he's your God. You know, uh, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. He'll fight your battle for you, right? That's how, how we used to say. But in the Old Testament, all they had was faith. They had no spiritual authority. That's why Daniel had to fast while he ended up fasting 21 days. By faith. He didn't have any authority. He didn't have any authority to pull down strongholds. He didn't have any authority over principalities and powers and spiritual. He didn't have any authority. There was, in the Old Testament, there was no spiritual authority whatsoever. When Joshua and the, and the children of Israel walked around Jericho uh, 13 times in seven days, they, God didn't tell them, on the first day, command that wall to come down. But he tells us, speak to the mountain. They had to just walk around it by faith. That's all they had, just faith. You and I, New Testament saints, have faith and 
spiritual authority. So you and I have to use our faith and spiritual authority. In fact, our spiritual authority is powered by our faith. Because you can't talk to a devil and he's and he going to move if you don't believe he's going to move. The seven sons of Sceva found that out. Y'all know about those guys? They went to a man, man full of demons and said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Come out of that man. The Bible said that man told him man, all seven guys went out naked and bloody. They didn't have any authority and no faith. You got it? Okay, let me prove this to you. Thank you, Lord. You read in, in um, Matthew 17th chapter, I think it is. Luke, the ninth chapter. Jesus comes down off a mountain where he's been up there in the Mount of Transfiguration. He's been transfigured before the disciples. Comes down, there's a man down there who uh, his son is, is got a demon. And they couldn't, the disciples down there couldn't cast them out. Jesus came cast the disciple, cast the demons out of that, out of that boy. Remember the story? Yes. If you don't, just track it. Just track what I'm saying. Jesus came down and cast the, the demon out of that boy. The disciples said, sir, why could we not cast it out? See, they knew their authority. He had already given them authority to, to command all demons. And they said, sir, how come we couldn't cast that demon out? We, we, you gave us authority to do it. How come we couldn't do it? He said, because of your unbelief. So they had the authority, but it wasn't powered by any faith. So here we are now. So you have, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. So you have much of the church, if, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, the Baptists, the, the, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, those kind of non-Pentecostals who don't know anything about their spiritual authority. But then you have the Pentecostals who don't know anything about faith. They're using, we bind you, devil. You be bind you. We bind you, demon. Nothing happening. See, so you and I need to, need to have, we have spiritual authority, but we, it must be powered by faith. All right, let me get back on track here, man. Therefore, so notice, notice you and I are involved in this process. I submit to God, then period. Then it says, next sentence, resist the devil. So my submission alone doesn't make it happen. I must resist the devil and he will flee from me. That means, boy, I'm a bad something, boy. The devil? The devil? I'm a bad something, man. If the, the devil will flee from me? Most of the church don't, don't know the devil will flee from them. They run from the devil. The devil on my track trying to turn me back. Woo! How he on your track? Turn around. Tell him, you know, the, 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 church, the church still got the get thee behind me, Satan. No, that was what Jesus said one time. The next time he said, get thee hence. That means get away. Not get behind me. The church still the devil on behind my back trying to turn. You know, no. Get thee hence. Get, get the hell up out of here. That's what Jesus is saying. Get that hell up out of here. 
Get your hell out my house. Get your hell out my marriage. Get your hell out my body. Get your hell out my finances. Get your hell out my children. Get your hell out my business. Get your hell out my ministry. Get your hell up out of my community. Get your hell up out of here. Get the hints. Got it? All right, so resist the devil. He will flee from you. He will flee from you. Everybody say resist. resist. Now, I want to give you that word resist, the definition of the word resist. Write this down, please. The word resist. Because this is what you're doing, you're going to do to the devil. The word resist means to exert oneself. Exert oneself. You're going to exert yourself so as to counteract or defeat. Now, he said resist the devil. You're going to exert yourself so as to counteract or defeat. It means, secondly, to withstand the force or effect of. To withstand the force or effect of. In other words, the weapon may be formed. Jesus. Y'all know Isaiah 54, 17? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, it will be formed. So don't be freaking out because the weapon's formed. Don't be freaking out because the weapon comes. It just said it won't prosper. So you are able to withstand the force or the effect of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, in, in our homes, we, we, you know, talk about all kind of resistant things, right? In our homes, for example, we may have um, stain-resistant carpet. You may scotch guard your sofa to help make it stain-resistant. Am I right about it? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, is it is, is stain-resistant? It didn't say spill-resistant. Scotch guard won't stop the spill. Y'all not, are you catching this? The, the carpet, DuPont Stain Master, it won't stop the spill. But the spill won't prosper. Boy, I'm preaching right here. So I'm not telling you you're not going to face a storm or difficulty or, or a tragedy or anything that may, may try to come to your life, but it will not prosper because you have resistant faith. I've been treated with resistant faith. I'm full of resistant faith. The spill may come, but the, the, the stain master, they, they treat the fibers so that even when the spill comes, it resists. It doesn't allow the, the liquid, the whatever it is, to, to penetrate. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Why? In other words, in other words, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not isolated from the trouble. I'm just insulated. You ought to write that down. I'm not isolated from trouble. I'm just insulated. My wife and I were up in Kentucky this past week and it was, it was, it was cold. Kirk, it was cold. 
like don't want to get off the plane cold. And I had my, I had on a regular, just a suit jacket because we were heading straight from the airport to church. And my wife had on her little, little thing. She had on a wool jacket, something like that she had on. And uh, man, those things weren't doing enough. So I'd, I'd put on my, I had another little jacket I'd brought with me, put that jacket on. My wife went and bought another jacket the next day. It didn't change the cold. Y'all, boy, you don't get this by Wednesday. It didn't change the condition. It only kept the elements from affecting us. So Jesus, Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm about to run myself. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but keep them while they're in the world. God is able to keep you in the midst of all the trouble, in the midst of all the difficulty, in the midst of all frustration. He's able to keep you right in the middle of all of it. Tell your neighbor, you're not isolated, but you are insulated. I've got stain master. My faith is a stain master. The Bible says you ought to remain unspotted from the world. The Bible says you ought to remain unspotted from the world. You, he didn't say come out of the world. He said you remain unspotted. You still got to go to work. But you can remain unspotted. You still got to go to grocery stores, go shop, do whatever you're going to do, but you can still remain unspotted. You can be around your crazy cousin every once in a while. Not all the time. But remain unspotted. You can get bad news and remain unspotted. You can get an evil report and still remain unspotted. Why? Because you have resistant faith. Now I'm going to show you some more here. Because, because we're going we're gonna to go past that. Now, remember this word resist. It means, read with me, ready? Read. To exert oneself so as, or wait, did you see that counteract or defeat? Defeat the devil. Defeat him. I like that part. Beat him. Beat his behind. He's a bully. He's a lion with no teeth. But you're going to counteract him and defeat him. To withstand the force or effect of. And, and we, we, of course, live here in Florida, and especially this area. Uh, our building codes uh, now are to a place where you have to build to withstand Hurricane force winds, brother Robert. Right? When y'all do the concrete, they, they gotta have certain bolts and certain straps to hold your rafters on the, your on the, your, your house uh, to withstand wind. Now they're not telling you if you put these straps on, hurricanes aren't gonna come. It's just so that if and when they come, 
I shall not. I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm strapped down to the word of God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the feet of swing, but wholly lean on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. If you build your house right, if you build your marriage right, if you build your life right, if you build your business right, you'll be able to stand. You got to build a coal. Don't build on sand, build a coal. You got to dig deep down and put a foundation, bit on a rock. You got to use reinforced steel of the word of God. Y'all got it? So resist the devil, and he will do what? Flee. Flee, Flee, run. He running from you. You can put the devil to flight. Now, but how can I resist an invisible enemy? Now, that's the question. That's the question. How, how do I? See, D, if you were coming up against me to attack me, I can, I can see you, so therefore I can, I can resist you naturally. I'm going to get a brick, a bottle or something. I'm going to grab a chair. I'm going to use one of these tools I got around here. I learned I'm a weapon. I just got to grab a tool in my hand. I'm going to hit Deke upside the head so hard he's going to see yesterday and today and forevermore at the same time. Hey, listen, he's from the country. You don't fight no country man like that. You, you got to go against him with a brick. They get... Hey, listen, they used to throw pigs in the, in the country. I don't, I don't do that. I was raised in the city. I just mess with you. So, uh, or, uh, but if I can't see the enemy, I can't see how he's coming, where he's coming from, when he, I can't see him. So how then do I resist him. Okay? Well, the Bible is the source of our answer. Yes, sir. Let's go to 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. It says, be sober. Clear thinking. Be vigilant, watchful. Watchful? Even in something for something invisible? I'm not going to on guard against something that's invisible. How am I going to? Because your adversary, if I say your adversary. Your adversary. So it's, it's, he didn't say the adversary, he said your adversary. Oh, yes. 
He made it personal. He's your adversary. <laughs> I don't have no enemies. You a lie. You got one big one. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as or like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for somebody to consume, to destroy. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's looking for whom he may devour. Now, how am I going to resist this joker and I can't see him? Well, the answer is in the next verse, verse 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So to resist an invisible enemy, I need an invisible force. I need a force that works in the invisible realm. You can't beat an invisible enemy with visible things. Could you imagine picking up a club, picking up a, a, a bottle, and you just swinging in the air? Just throwing bricks in the air? And yes, the same thing people do when they use natural approaches to what are spiritual problems. Because the devil tries to trick people to believe that it's a, it's a natural problem. But it's not a natural problem. Your adversary, the devil, is behind it. Well, I feel a pain in my body. Yes, I understand. But your adversary is behind it. I don't know why my wife and I can't get along. Your adversary is behind it. Right. You argue with him and you're going to, you know, you know. Now I'm gonna hang, I ain't going to cook no more because you're not going to eat. Right? If there's, there's an adversary. Tell your neighbor, you have an adversary. It's not me. It's the devil. Now, mind you, the devil knows there's some people who are, who are good ground for the devil. That's just, that's just be truthful now. Some people, they're they, they just good ground. They know just, just like I enjoy letting the, letting the Lord use me, there's some folks who seem to get a kick out of just letting the devil use them. But I speak not of that person. I'm talking about in general, in general, the issues are coming directly from the adversary. Okay? Now notice what it says here. Resist him. Now that's what James 4, 7 told us. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Well, how do I do that? Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. In other words, you're not the only one dealing with this. You're not the only one. I said you're not the only one. It's common. These are common issues. Ain't nobody else in the church going through what I'm going through. Yeah, they, they going through it. They just ain't crying like you crying. I said, <laughs> they going through the same thing. They just ain't crying like you crying. 
They're just handling it with faith as opposed to letting the flesh respond to everything. All your brotherhood. Your brotherhood in the world. In the, in the whole world. Your whole brotherhood. Everybody going through it. It's, 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 some, it's some stuff going in the hood. It's in, the, in your hood, in the brotherhood. We all in the hood. The devil comes out there in the hood, man. The devil ain't attacking people out there in the, uh, in the world. He coming in the hood. Y'all with me on this here? But it says resist him how? Y'all sounded real weak. Resist him how? Now let's look at this, please, media, in the, uh, I'm almost out of time. The Passion Translation, the Passion Translation. Glory to God. Same verse, verse, verse uh, 8 and 9, we'll do both. Verse 8 and 9 in Passion. It says, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly. Remember I told you about him being persistent? Incessantly, that's like persistently, like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. All right, verse 9. Take, this is key, critical, a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Now, he's coming incessantly. You know what incessant, you, you hear about incessant behavior? It's, it's nonstop. It's constant. It's, every time you look up, it's the same thing over and over again. Right? So, but it says, resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. So, what do you need to resist the devil? Okay, good. Strong and vigorous, but you need faith. How's faith come? And hearing by what? So, you need to hear more and more of this teaching on faith, don't you? So that class on Sunday mornings is not a waste of time, is it? No. Pastor Kim and I are teaching faith on, on YouTube. We're putting these broadcasts out. It's, it's, it's probably worth 15 minutes of your time. It ain't two hours. It's just 15 minutes. It's probably worth it, probably to watch it two or three times. Because you need, you don't want to wait. See, if I, I was telling Deke this morning, I got, got to Frankfurt uh, Tuesday, and I got off the plane, man, and I'm, Get to, get to the church and everything. And by the time of night, oh, I'm like, ooh, what is that? Like, uh-uh, I can't, I can't. Now, see, I've learned how to resist that. But if you don't know how to resist that, then I would have been sitting there. Like, y'all be sitting around, y'all. All this snorting, snorting and all that kind of stuff like y'all got a cocaine line or something. Like, what is the world? See, I want to teach you how to resist that. See, because that is a disruption of your peace. That is a violation of your peace agreement. We have a peace agreement with God. The Bible says him. The Bible said we have a covenant of life and peace. So any kind of sickness is a violation of our peace agreement. You know how these countries have peace agreements? You and I have a peace agreement with God. 
He said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is staying on me. Perfect peace. Perfect. Perfect. You look at that up in the Hebrew, I'll keep you in shalom, shalom. Perfect peace, perfect peace. That's how good God is. That's how much he wants us to enjoy the perfect life. Y'all got it? So it says you need strong, vigorous faith. For, your, for you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of troubles you endure. Switch to the Amplified, please, verse 8 and 9. Glory to God. First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. It says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger. Seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Verse 9. Verse 9. Withstand him. Withstand him. Withstand him. Be firm in faith. Watch this. Against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Those are five powerful words. Rooted, established, strong, Immovable and determined. In other words, I will not allow the devil to disrupt my peace. Not, well, I'm getting older. Not, well, you know, it's that time of the year. You know, seasons changing and, you know, everybody kind of get the little, you know, no. No. See, you don't have to get, uh, you don't have to get the, uh, the flu because it's flu season. I said, you don't have to get the flu because it's flu season. Now, they're going to push everybody to get a flu shot. Now, if your job requires it, you know, you got a thing you got to deal with on your job. But if, you know, you don't, you don't. See, I can give you a flu shot every day. I can open up the word of God and give you a flu shot every day. Get inoculated. This, this is my immunization right here. Every day. In the last couple of minutes I have, let me, let me deal with something here. Okay, so rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Everybody say, I'm determined. I'm determined. That, Satan that Satan will not violate, will not violate my, peace my peace agreement. Thank you, Lord. I have a right to peace. You know, you know, <laughs> the Bible says as much as it lies within you, live at peace with all men. Some people you just can't have no peace with. I'm not going to keep getting around you and you keep rubbing me the wrong way and testing my salvation. You're trying to test about I'm really saved or not. Don't be testing what I'm really saved or not. Might touch that one little button. 
There might be one weight I have not laid aside yet. There might be one sin that so easily besets me. You don't want to easily beset me now. So be careful. God's called us to peace. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. I, I want to take you a couple more places here real quick. And then I'll, I'll teach more on this next week. Okay? Ephesians 6, verse 16. In fact, let's, let's, start, let's start at uh, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Because we're talking about how to resist the devil. Because, see, I want to learn... I want to learn, and God is, is even training and teaching me this at the same while I'm, while I'm preaching to you. I want to learn how to, how to, um, how to not stay sick. In other words, you know, my wife and I, we started learning about faith uh, a little over a decade ago. Um, a, little, a little longer than that now. But around that time, you could catch a cold or catch the flu. We used to get that. And, man, that thing would be around for like two weeks, seemed like. But as we continue to grow in the Lord and grow in his word, that thing, okay, it'll come, but about, about a week. Then as you keep going, that, that flu, that thing hits you, it'll be like about three days. Now, it's not, I, not that this body is changing. It's my spirit and my soul. My revelation is changing. So then what happens is, on the night, I get off the plane, and I feel that, when I, I'm like, uh-uh. See, but I've developed to a point now where, oh, no, I'm not doing this. I've learned how to resist. You got it? I want to teach you how to do the same thing. Y'all want to learn that? See, I've learned, I've learned how to resist poverty and lack. Y'all got it, y'all got it. I need you to hear this. See, you and I, we're in this world. We're in this world. We're in this world. And there's poverty and lack and sickness and disease all around us. It's like you go out there in the yard and there's weeds in the grass. You don't, have to, you don't have to grow weed. You don't have to make weed grow. grow. It's, no, weeds are just there. So the curse is all around us. You, what you got to do is prevent it. So there are some weed-resistant grasses. There are some weed-resistant sprays. Got it? So there's weed-resistant uh, faith. that you can walk in and keep your grass green. Yes, sir. Clean. Yes, sir. Got it? All right, let's go one more place here. Ephesians 6. Y'all there already. Verse 10. Follow my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, keep going. Put on the whole armor of God. So here's what we're doing. This is our defense here. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. Can we, instead of saying the word stand, say resist? So that you may be able to resist the wiles. Wow, that word wiles means strategies. Deceits. So Satan, his, his, his weapon against you is, is strategies. He strategizes against you. He strategizes. Did y'all catch that? He strategizes. That means he, he sits there and studies you. 
Okay. The same way a football team, before they play on Sunday, they gotta, the coach has to watch other team and get a strategy. So Satan develops a strategy for you. What, what may work against you may not work against me. What may work against me may not work against you. So he, you got a personalized strategy. You got an IEP plan just for you. The devil got a plan just for you. It's an IAP, individual attack plan. He got an IAP for you individually. Strategies and that word wiles means deceits. So he, he strategizes on how to, how to come and deceive you. So he'll trick you into not knowing or, or believing something other than the word of God. Lies. Got it? Okay, keep going here. Verse 12, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Keep going. Powers against what? What else? In the heavenly places. Keep going. Verse 13. Therefore, that you may be able to resist. In the evil day, and having done all to resist. You got it? Glory to God. Verse 14. Verse 14. Resist, therefore, having, your, having girded your waist with truth, your loins with truth. So you need truth, right? right? Having put on the breastplate of? That's going to protect your heart there. All right, verse 15. Having your, your feet shod. With the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel of prosperity, gospel of perfection. Verse 16. Above all, go, go back, go back, go back to verse 15. The gospel of peace. It's the gospel of prosperity. I was listening to this guy the other day. Uh, Oscar, I'm looking at you, but you're not a football fan, so you don't know what I'm talking about. This guy, he's a, he's a quarterback in Jacksonville. He, used, he, was, he was a Super Bowl winning quarterback of Philadelphia couple years back. He's now in Jacksonville. I won't call his name. But he's doing an interview talking, he's trying to, you know, talk, they're asking about his walk with the Lord, he's talking about how he loves God and everything he does is to serve God and bring honor to God. He just want to represent God playing football and, he, you know, God has made him successful and he said, you know, I don't believe in that prosperity gospel. And then he's, I, I said, I'm back. I said, what did you say? He said, I don't believe in that prosperity. Now what? Nobody even asked about the prosperity gospel. They're asking him about, you know, serving the Lord and his success and everything, how God has blessed him. He said, but I don't believe in that prosperity gospel. So I said, bro, I'm talking back to him. Okay, what does the regular guy do? Who doesn't have an NFL arm? What does that guy or that girl do who they, don't, they, they can't run as fast as you guys? How do they prosper? Well, he's got to do, you know, I, I got a multi-million dollar contract, you know. I don't believe in the prosperity. Nobody even asked him about that. And yet the Bible says, have your feet covered with the gospel of prosperity. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the same thing. That's what he said. All right. Verse 16. Watch this. Above all, Pastor Kim preached this a few months ago. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Shield of what? Faith. So above all, 
above all that. Why do you keep preaching faith? Because above all that, you got to take this shield of faith with which you will be able to quench or resist all the fiery darts. So the strategist has loaded his cannon, his weaponry with darts. Arrows that he's going to fire away at you. He knows he's looking for the right time. He knows, okay, oh, you missed church. I'm going to come at you. You know what I found, and some, some of you preachers may be able to attest to this. What I found is that the devil, his greatest attacks against me have not been when I'll miss church because I'll miss church. It's been right after God has used me in a mighty way. I have found that my worst attacks from the enemy, when he really attacked my soul and tried to move me into all kind of foolishness, was when I come on, I was on a spiritual high. Now, I don't know what it is, but, but he's been successful before at it. At getting me at a time when, oh, man, I'm, I'm walking on cloud nine, boy. Walking with God. God's using me, and I'm happy. And I'm just like, man. All of a sudden, bam, what? What? Was, what? Which one of y'all hit me? What? What? I'm like, what in the world was that? So it's not just when you miss church or you're away from the saints. It can be at any time. Because he, remember, it's an individual attack plan. He knows exactly what's going to get to you. So the Bible says, above all, you got to take this shield of faith. So when he shoots his darts, you have something to stand against him with. You can whip him. You can resist him. This, when you think of a shield, don't think of some little old little thing. It's a, it's a shield. It's, it's, it'll cover your whole body. Above all, it's above your feet. It's above your loins. It's above your breastplate. It's above all that. It's above your helmet of salvation. It's above all that. If you keep the shield of faith up, then you don't have to, you know, I always hear, hear preachers talking about it. Well, you know, sometimes we get kinks in our armor. Not if you got your shield of faith up. Because your shield of faith is going to protect your armor, which is protecting you. No, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting anybody down because we all, we all have put our shields down from time to time. But if we're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, we've got to put those shields up so we can quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Lord, did you hear what she just said? <laughs> no, God pays me very well. Now, I'm going I'm to stop here. Yeah, because if I get into I got, I got some good stuff here. I'm going to teach you about how to resist fear, how to resist sickness, how to resist disease, how to resist poverty, how to resist greed, how to resist covenants. How to resist worry, how to resist anxiety. 
how to resist depression, how to resist temptation, how to resist sin. I got all, I got all that. I'm going to teach you on this. But I, 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 gotta, I, I, I know what you can handle. This, this is all you can handle right now. You got it? So I'll let you chew on this. And then um, we'll come back. Now, Ephesians 6, 16, let me, let me just, give me three more minutes. You, the shield of faith, you're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Everybody say fiery darts. Fiery darts. Turn to Psalm 91. I'm going to give you something to work on all week. Yes. Psalm 91. There's something to work on all week long. Yes, sir. This, is, this is your work for this week. Yes. Now, we're going to be here Tuesday night, right? Yes, sir. Tuesday night at 7. Night of praise. Psalm 91. Because you're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Quench the fiery darts. Now I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you a, a little heads up. Here, Miss Faye, how to do it. Verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, El Elyon, shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. Now y'all know who El Shaddai is. That's God, the Almighty, the All-Breasted One, the All-Sufficient One, the God who is more than enough. So when you see this Psalm 91, it covers every part of your life. Verse 2. Now watch this. I will say, underline, highlight that, I will say. Because here is how you put your shield of faith up. Remember, you got an invisible enemy. Your shield is invisible. But you have to take the invisible to change the visible. What do you have that's invisible? Words. Your words are invisible. The Bible says the things that we see were not made by things which do appear. So the world was framed by the word of God. So that the things that are seen are not made by things which do appear. So your words put up your shield of faith. You, you cannot beat the enemy with your thoughts. He's coming against you in your thoughts. But you have to use your spiritual authority. Powered by your faith, released from your mouth to resist the devil. Did y'all catch that? That's, that's enough for y'all to get this week. You got to use your spiritual authority, powered by your faith, released through your mouth to resist the devil. You must use your spiritual authority, powered by your faith, released from your mouth to resist the devil. Y'all write that down? Yeah. Good, because I don't have that written down anywhere. I like to see that later on. That's just, I'm, I'm just giving it to you as it came out. You must use your spiritual authority, powered by your faith, released through your mouth to resist the devil. I will say. I will say. Oh, wait. I will say. Did you catch that? Ooh, wait, I will say. About to be a recession. No, I will say. Y'all got it? But watch what he says. I will say the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, El Shaddai, in him I will trust. In him I will trust. 
In him I will trust. I'm not trusting the government. I'm not trusting my employer. I'm not trusting mom and daddy. Now that's good. That's good that they're there, but you know what I'm saying? You better learn at your age. Verse 3. Surely. That's covenant. Surely. Surely. Oh, Lord. He shall deliver you from the snare trap of the fowler and from the perilous, dangerous pestilence. Now, watch this. Pestilence is an annoyance, but a pestilence is, when you look at it in the Hebrew, is a disease, is a plague. So, you and I are going to rise. See, we're getting immunized right here. Did you get your flu shot? Yep. Did you get your shingle shot? Your shingle shot? You don't want no shingle shot. Right here. You got my shingle shot right here. Got your bacteria making knockamaka, knockamaka, cockam disease. Yep, getting it right here. They got all kind of lumen, cockalaka, knock knuckle seed, all, all kind of stuff. All kind, it's all kind of stuff, man. You don't, you don't know, man. You don't know. You take all that, then, then, you, then you go somewhere and eat, and somebody, somebody didn't wash their hands. I know that's right. Okay, here we go. Let's finish here. He shall cover you with his feathers. I'm protected. That's coverage right there. That's coverage. Under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. I got to speak his truth. Y'all got it? Now, shield, buckler, you look up in, the, in your, your Bible, is a small shield. So his truth shall be your big shield and your little small shield. He says shield and buckler. So you got double shield protection in his truth. I'm going to keep going here. Verse 5. This is for all you scary folk. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Remember the, the darts? Fiery darts? Nor of the arrow that flies by day. Now you can't, if you can see these arrows, that'll be good, but you can't see these arrows. They flying by day. You can't even see them. Terror by night, you sleep. You don't know what's going on. So you and I have safety from terrorism. Nighttime and daytime. The arrow that flies by day, the darts that fly by day. Verse 6, nor of the pestilence, that's plagues, diseases, that walk in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. So there's destructions or destroyers that waste at, or that word waste means devastate at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes, you know the rest. You behold us, you're the reward of the wicked. But notice here, it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. 
Now, that's interesting because most believers, will, we, might, we know the scripture, but we're like, no, you know, in reality. But I got to find, his, it says his truth is going to be my shield and buckler. So I got to find out how to appropriate and use his truth as my shield and buckler. So although these things may happen all around me, they will not come near me. Are you understanding this today? I'm telling you, and God is jerking me up in this here. And I'll be doing the same for you. Is he's jerking us up to a life of perfection so that you and I will become signs and wonders in the earth. See, we're not going to just be doing signs and wonders. We will become signs and wonders. That's what Isaiah Isaiah said that. Here I am and the children you have given me that we shall be for signs and wonders. So that's what I prayed. I I definitely prayed for all our partners all the time. I said I definitely definitely pray that us and all of our children will be be for signs and wonders. For signs and wonders. That means how you live is going to be a sign. How you live is going to be a wonder in the earth. They're going to say, how is going on and you, don't, you didn't even get sick? John G. Lake. One time on a missions trip, missionary trip, and everybody was dying from this, I think it was bubonic plague, whatever was killing everybody. And he stood in the midst of that. How, John G. Lake, how are you going to preach the gospel like that? He said, I'm not afraid of that stuff. Killing everybody. They gathered off of a dead person some of the bacteria that had come off that dead person's body. He said, put it in my hand. It'll kill you, sir. Put it in my hand. Put it in his hand. The bacteria died. That's a sign and a wonder. He is for. He was for a sign and a wonder. You and I are going to be for. Not just doing them. We will be. Your life is going to be a sign and a wonder. So wherever you go in the earth, they're going to look at you and look and thank you, Jesus. Who is this Jesusite? Who is this Christian walking around here living like Jesus? Untouched, unspotted from the world. Somebody who learned how to resist the devil. Amen? Jump on your feet. Give God a great praise today. Hallelujah. Come on, jump on your feet. Jump on your feet. Give God a great praise. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo! Shout it, I resist the devil. And he flees from me. I will no longer allow my adversary to violate my peace agreement with God. I will be a sign and a wonder in the earth. And all men will know that I am called by God, chosen by God, walking by faith, living in the spirit, Following his, Following his word, I am 
a sign. I am a wonder. And many men and women will come to Jesus through my life in Jesus' name. Now give God a shout of praise. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need a pen. Somebody got a pen. I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden heard you're going to be drought resistant. Put Jeremiah 17 verse 5 through 8 on the screen real quick. I'm going to teach you that. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to just read it for you now. You're going to be drought resistant. Y'all know they have drought resistant plants. Drought resistant landscaping. That doesn't matter if it, it ain't no rain in three months. It's, it's going to still be flourishing. You're going to be fresh and flourishing because you're going to be planted like a tree by the rivers of water. Curse is the man who trusts in man. You want to know how to become drought resistant? Watch this. Don't trust in man. Don't make flesh your strength. Don't let your heart depart from the Lord. Take that, but stay with the Lord. I know it might be out there in the world, things trying to entice you. But stay with the Lord. Because there's a drought that'll come. Watch verse, verse 6. Verse 6. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is... My hope is the Lord. I trust in the Lord. Now watch verse 8. Watch this. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. You're going you're gonna to have your own, you're going to be in a drought-resistant economy. They're already asking people right now about what you're going to do about the recession. Because there's a recession, but they know it's about to hit. Every, all the markets from, from eight years ago, from, from, from uh, actually 11 years ago, 2007 and 8, are back. And they're saying we're about to hit another recession. Got to do with me? What they got to do with me? I trust in the Lord. 
I'm not departing from him. I don't depend on no flesh, no, no armor for the flesh. I don't depend on no, no man. Drought resistant. That's good to me, Elder Baker. I like that. Drought resistant. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for the word. Thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you so much, Father, that God, you have spoken revelation to us. Wisdom from on how we receive it. We take it all and we apply it to our lives. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, we have a peace agreement with you. Jesus came, your word says, Jesus came preaching peace. He came preaching peace. When he, when he was born, they announced peace on earth. Peace on earth, goodwill, your goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. Thank you that this peace agreement, Father, we will, it, it, it doesn't have to be violated. We can't allow the devil to violate it. So thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us how to resist. I pray that every one of these, your, your children, my brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters, that, Father, they will be so strong and vigorous in their faith. They'll be immovable, Father, steadfast, strong, alert, sharp, hallelujah, settled, that God, no enemy, attack will be able to prosper in their lives. You said, Father, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And you said, every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn. You said, this is our inheritance as your servants and our righteousness is of you. So I pray that, Lord, that today every person on the sound of my voice, those here, those who are watching online, I pray, Father, that, Lord, that they'll have a stain-resistant heart, a, 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 a heart that resists all the onslaught of the enemy. I pray for that one who is already under the battle right now. They're already in the battle right now. We don't know what everybody's going through, but God, you know. Thank you that, God, you are with us in trouble. You say you'll perfect those things that concern us. I pray right now over every one of these, your precious people, that, Father, that, God, you'll give us strength in the battle that will stand against the devil. Resist him. We command him by our spiritual authority to flee from us. Go now. Out of every marriage. Go now. Out of every family. Go now. Out of every finance. Go now. Out of every business. Out of every home. Out of every ministry. Go now. We belong to you, Father. We're your children, your sons, and your daughters. We have a right to perfect life. And we receive it. We walk in it. And we will enjoy it. We will live it out loud and be signs and wonders in the earth. That's our desire. It's your desire. We agree with you. Let it be to us. According to your word, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together and give God one more great hand of praise today.